What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. We're here to bring our opinions and our news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Uh, this time of year, uh, you know, not much of a surprise, much of most of the year, uh, even though we are talk sports, it's mostly football, and this episode will be all football because the NFL playoffs start today. Super wild card, wacky, wonderful weekend, whatever the hell they call it. Their, I don't know, whatever their marketing department came up with. Either way, two games today on Saturday, three tomorrow, one on Monday night. Yeah, Monday night playoff game. That's pretty cool. Uh, and we're going to run down the games and kind of everything associated with them and how, how we think it's going to shake out. Um, and this is episode 194, by the way. I forgot. Bad form. The top of the show. Uh, so let's start where the NFL is going to start. Today, we have the Niners and Seahawks in San Francisco at 4.30. And based on your... Uh, Based on your, I won't ruin anything on for you, but based on your chart you showed me beforehand, uh, I, I'm pretty confident I know who you have for this one. Probably who most of America outside of Seattle has for this one, and that's the Niners. Um, Seahawks were a really nice story this year, really nice story, and a great coaching job by by Pete Carroll and everybody else in Seattle, and guys stepping up and Geno Smith, who was an afterthought before the season started, and you know, understandably so, he's never really performed at a high level. Let's let's be honest, he never really has. He kind of flopped with the Jets, and he's kind of just kind of wallowed around wherever he's been as a backup or a fill-in starter here and there since then. And so when Seattle says he's the guy who's going to be starting, everyone's like, "Oh, well, this is a throwaway season. We're going to be getting a top three pick," <laughs> you know. And uh, uh, it, it didn't turn out that way. Although they do still get a high pick, thankfully, because of Denver. Uh, but I mean. Look, it'd be a great story if uh, I actually I actually like a lot of players on San Fran, so I don't I don't hope Seattle wins, but uh, it'd be a fun story, you know that team coming in, winning on the last day, beating the Niners who are almost a one seed who've been you know steamrolling people for it seems like two and a half three months now. Everybody seems healthy. I mean, except for the quarterbacks, but they have uh, <laughs> Brock Purdy who is doing his best Tom Brady impression to come out of nowhere and help his team win a Super Bowl. I mean, this kid got something. There's something there. Something there. To the point where I could honestly see them having him, even if other players are healthy. I mean, Grapple will be a free agent. He won't be back. Trey Lance might be healthy for the start of the season. And if Brock Purdy performs well, leads them to some postseason victories, and especially leads them to a Super Bowl, uh, there's no way. There's no way they bench him going to the next season. He's going to be the guy, and Trey Lance might be on the move uh, for whatever they can get for him. Who knows? Or he might stay. I don't know. I'm done trying to guess on that stuff because we're always wrong on that because you never know. Uh, I got to go Niners. I don't think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I think Seattle might hang in the first quarter, quarter and a half. It might be kind of feeling each other out, even though they're division opponents. They play twice a year. The team's trying to not make a mistake, and then it's going to get out of hand. Uh, I, I could see the Niners winning this by three scores easily. Yeah, and 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 Chris, this will be the better day for football, and we'll get into that oh, when we talk yeah. about Sunday's yeah. games because these two games um, are going to be the better versions. Now, even if Seattle blow gets blown out, it's still going to be a better game than what's going to go on tomorrow. Um, but the Niners, I think, are established themselves. Brock Purdy is doing what. Shanahan wants them to do utilizing the skill players that they have. Debo's back. Um, you got Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle's playing up. 
Uh, I know I'm forgetting one more player that's just like right there. Uh, it's another running back. But, um, thank you. Elijah Mitchell's back. A lot of talent. And, and Brock Purdy coming out of college wasn't highly thought of. No. Obviously, because he was Mr. Irrelevant. But he's about to change that. <laughs> he is. He is. And and I think it's just over the 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 season, he he understood the offense. He was in probably his practice squad um quarterback and, and kind of just understood what the the offensive coordinator and the head coach were looking for in the the quarterback position. And he's just he's just flourishing. And it's it's crazy to think that a first round pick from what's it now three years ago I think two three years ago uh he just might be put to the side and said no we yeah. got this kid <laughs> this is and he's yep. and he's actually doing it uh it's unfortunate for Trey Lance that you know he hasn't been healthy uh is it his fault no but no. opportunity arises for some people and maybe they'll do him a solid and trade him this offseason to where there's an opportunity for him. I'm sure there's plenty of teams during that draft that were looking to maybe get their hands on Trey Lance. Uh, but as far as Brock Purdy and this offense, I think they're clicking and the defense, like they're going to have probably the defensive player of the year in Nick Bosa. And I, I, and I think him leading that defense with all the talent, it it's just gonna it's just gonna be uh probably we're looking at thirty five to seventeen around that for a score in favor of the Niners. That's just that's just my guesstimation. I can see it somewhere around that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and this goes to show teams. I mean, look, I understand trading up for who you want. Um. I think this is what isn't the Bears in 2017 traded a lot to the Niners so they could trade up and get Mitch Trubisky. That was a team they traded with. And the Niners turned around, did almost the same thing last year to turn around and get Trey Lance. Mm -hmm. When's the last time a team sold the farm on draft day or around draft day to move way up to get a pick and it really, really, really panned out? I can't really, I, I can't really remember. And look, Trey Lance might go on to have a Hall of Fame career. I don't know. I don't wish the kid ill in any way. He's a very, very entertaining player to watch in college. I don't watch a lot of college football, but when I, I hear the top picks or Ben really recommends somebody to me, I do go to like YouTube and I do watch some video of him because I love football and I love good football. So who, who knows what this kid's future is? The team has him under control affordably for at least two more years, and they can pick up a fifth-year option on him if they want to. So it's not like they have to trade him. But no. the longer he sits without performing, the – Right now, even though he got in a couple of games last year and he wasn't great, it was still a rookie year, and it's like you don't get penalized too much for that. Uh, they're certainly not going to get what they traded to get to, to, to trade up to get him for him. But I could see a world where a team in the back end of the first round would trade that pick to get a shot on Trey Lance. Um, if they wait another year and do it going into year four, that probably gets knocked down into a maybe a high third or fourth at the most. Honestly, we know how this works. Like it doesn't, the less time you have control of them contractually, the less value there is. And the more they sit there and don't get game ready or, or, or fine tune their skills, the, the more their value decreases also. 
So this would probably be the offseason if San Fran wants you to make a move. I don't know. Uh, but it just goes to show fans out there they get frustrated when their team doesn't make a splash in the first couple of rounds in big picks. We as Patriots fans know as good as anybody, uh, those players can still turn out to be very, very, very important. Uh, we had, I mean, obviously Brady, uh, Dak. For everybody, all everybody can say about him, Dak Prescott, fourth-round pick. Um, Russell Wilson was, I mean, nothing nothing to you know, write home about this year, but he was a third-round pick. Uh, and then Brock Purdy, seventh round, Mr. Relevant, the very last pick in the draft. Literally the last selection he could be taken with, the Niners took him with. And, yeah, it, he's got a good team around him, but we've seen a lot of good teams collapse when the starting quarterback goes down. And this team didn't. They have a really solid defense, offensive weapons, and Purdy fit right in. He's made good throws. He's made good decisions. Him and Kittle have a great rapport, which is huge because you're paying Kittle all that money. And it, it's good to have somebody under center who can get him the ball consistently. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, look, not to turn it back to the Patriots, but I know a lot of Patriots fans upset two years ago. Didn't have a first round pick and took, I think, Duggar and Uche in the second round. Mm-hmm. And I know second round picks, you know, they're not schmucks by any means, but they're not always highly touted. And now those are two of the guys who are probably going to lead our defense in the next, in the, in the next, you know, kind of like generation of play so i mean it's it's you never know sometimes you got to trust in the process and it takes a little bit sometimes you get a guy who's a rookie who comes in and just does it and that's what this kid's doing it's cool to see it's fun uh, i wish it was my team but it's not and it's still as a football fan it's fun to watch so uh my question to you before i move on to the next game if you're done is where does seattle go next year regardless because i think their season ends today Mm-hmm. Do you think they ex- – I don't know what their contract situation with Geno Smith is. Do you think they extend him? Do you think he's the guy? Do you think they try to get somebody else? Because if they still have him under contract and they try to go after somebody else, that could really rock the boat. And so many things that could go wrong if you try different scenarios. Do you think they stick with what they have and kind of build defense and the offensive line more? Because obviously uh, – who's the running back? Uh, Kenneth Walker? Kenneth Walker the third. Kenneth Walker the third. He looked phenomenal this year. He looked. He had a, he had a really good year. Uh, so I, I think, think they have their guy going forward there. So obviously we know they're set at receiver. You have two of the best receivers in the game. Is Geno Smith the guy, or do they try to upgrade and kind of move along this rebuild? I think Chris. He is a free agent. Uh, when the season starts next year. If I do the math correctly, it looks like he'll start the season as a 33-year-old. It, it, it's kind of like it's going to be how much how much does he want as opposed to how much the Seattle Seahawks are willing to pay. Because it's really the, that's really going to be the question. And how close do they feel like they are? Because if they don't feel like they're close, you might as well go with Geno Smith, put a little investment. You're talking about like three years and pay him. Because right now, Chris, he is, at the, like I said, he's at the end of his contract. I just had it up to. Uh, and he got a whopping seven mil this year. But I don't know if he got any bonuses or he's going to get any more bonuses, uh, but seven million. Okay. So I'm sure he's going to get a pay increase. Nothing to sneeze at. No, it's not. But for a starting quarterback, like his number is going to go up 
tremendously next year if the Seattle Seahawks are going to bring him back. We're talking probably over 20. What he did this year and how the offense took off a little bit with him in in the helm. And like you said, he still has those two um, star receivers. And Kenneth Walker to the – I'm sorry, Kenneth Walker the fourth is his uh, title. Oh, the fourth, okay. Uh, The fourth, yeah. He went to Michigan State, so I'm fairly familiar with him. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, he tore he tore Michigan two years ago. I think he tears tore. a lot of people, man. The guy, the guy, he's a good looking running back. He is. He is very, very. Did he go in the first and, round? Was he a first round? Sorry to cut you off. Was he a first round? No, 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 no. God. Oh shoot. I want to say he dropped to third wow. round. Good value. I'm pretty sure, but uh, second round, second round, okay. 40, 41st overall. All right. Um. And that's just the that's just the nature of the running back position at this current moment. We will talk about potential this off this this draft coming up, where that direction might go. But as far as like the question you asked me, I think they're going to go. I think they're going to go in another direction because I think there's going to be some opportunity out there to upgrade a quarterback. And I'm pretty sure, yeah, they can. Um, they can probably like you said they. They have their first round pick. I'm pretty sure they don't. They didn't. That. That's not. That didn't go to the Jets, right? They're they're done with the Jamal uh, Adams. I believe so. I'm gonna I'll double check that while you're talking. Um, but if I'm pretty sure they're done with the Jamal Adams first round picks to the Jets, and like you said, they have the first round pick for the Denver Broncos. So we're looking at. Uh, uh let's see. I'm pretty sure that's gonna be a pretty high pick, Denver. Ended with a five and twelve record. I'm looking at maybe it's definitely going to be a top ten pick. We're probably looking at seven. Yeah, they are. They are done. That trade's complete. Okay, so now you have two, and and we'll get more into because I don't want to dig. I want to keep this on the playoffs, but we'll dig into this more. Oh in the yeah, offs. yeah. Um, Chicago getting the first overall pick, which by the way, I don't know if Lovey Smith did it on purpose. On his way out, thinking he was going to get fired at the end of the season, but him him winning the last game of the season and putting Houston at number two and allowing Chicago to go to number one. I mean, remember, Lovey Smith. What what team did he coach in past history? Bears. Yes. Yeah. So I don't want to say conspiracy theory, oh, but no. if he knew you're reaching that they there, were, dude. They, if they were going to 86 them after the game, Chris, he didn't make it to the end of the the um, Lions and Packers game. He didn't make it there. He was already fired before that game was done. So he kind of, I think he kind of knew going in. It's a conspiracy theory. Maybe well, he made that happen. I got to say, dude, if you had the ability to just win on a will because you wanted to, I think they would have won a few more games during the season. I understand that. I understand that, Chris, but. And they also fired him. It's not like he has love for them. Like, who the Bears? Yeah, yeah but he coached there for a while. So I, I, well, I it was. I, it was, I, see, it was, I see your point, though. I see your point. It was like Mike Vrabel. Like Mike Vrabel said, uh, was a couple years the year that the uh, Brady's last year in New England when the Patriots yeah. and um, when the Patriots and uh, uh, Titans played in the playoffs, and um, they'd beaten the Titans. I think the previous year in the playoffs. Yeah, and. Uh, they asked Vrabel, so I'm like, what's it like to go back to New England and play against your old team and coach against your old team? And, and, and you know, Brady's there, maybe his last game. And he's like, 
I haven't gotten a check from the Patriots in a long time. I haven't worked there in a long time. Like my my focus is the Titans, right? Like, uh, so I, I, I it's interesting and it's always fun to throw these things out there. But uh, I don't know. I, I I think if anything, he wanted to just go out on top because there's a certain right. pride and yeah. um and Lovey Smith, one of the all time great beards, also. Oh, oh, the guy, beard game, hundred percent number one. And he, uh, he knows it. He knows it too. He does. He does. So I think if I'm Seattle and I think it's, if I'm looking at Denver correctly, and I think there's going to be, if there might be a tiebreaker or coin flip with the Rams, as far as the draft pick, because they both have the same record. I don't think Um, there is, because I've heard that the top like 14 picks are set. Oh, they're set. So maybe it's just percentage of some sort. Yeah. Who knows what the, who knows what the fucking tiebreakers are. So (laughs) I'm just going to say, I'm just gonna say he's they're either five five or six. Show okay? rating just changed. That's okay. All right. Um I'm gonna say five or six, Chris, and then take their own pick, which is gonna be in the twenties, probably. Maybe maybe the high teens. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might have to if if you're the Denver uh, not Denver, if you're Seattle, you might have to say, Okay, Chicago, what else do you want? Maybe another second round pick. I wouldn't give him another first round, but I was sure as hell would give him the Denver pick, their own pick, and maybe the number two, a uh, second round pick or, or second round pick the following season. And just say all in on whichever quarterback they want, Bryce yep. Young, yep. CJ Stroud. Those are the two best. The rest of them, they're, they have developed, they have, they have, they need time. But these two kids, when they come in, these are step on the field. They will command your offense. Obviously, rookie struggles, game translating. But by the end of the first year, by the end of the second year, you're probably looking at what Trevor Lawrence is doing, what Mac Jones is doing. You know, kind of like that situation. Oh, cool. So we missed the playoffs also. Um, you understand what I mean. I know though, I get like, what you're saying. Yeah, they're yeah, going to have I a command it. of the offense. C.J. Stroud is a very, very, very talented quarterback. Uh, and putting him up in Seattle – I don't know how he'll translate it there. He's not really too keen on weather. Um, but Bryce Young playing at Alabama, he, he, I think one of those two kids could go in there, and that would be their quarterback of the future. And like we've said, they're not looking at building, re, rebuilding. They're looking at upgrading. Right. Do they feel like Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, if they can go up and get them, is that the answer? That might be the answer. Otherwise, if you just want to navigate and figure it out, and if the money works out for you and you can spread that money out else, elsewhere in the rest of your team, then maybe the Seattle Seahawks will bring back Geno Smith. They'll take those first-round picks. They'll apply it to other parts of their their um, offense or defense and upgrade the team. But you're looking at, you know, the Niners, clearly at the top of the top of the the crop and the Rams, they won Those the Super Bowl are, yeah, last I'm year. Going forward. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But they won Super Bowl last year. Didn't make it this year. What Stafford, they already, I think, I think they already extended him or, or picked up his option for next year. And it looks like he's coming back. So, and then we know what the Cardinals are. They're just a steaming pile of, of, of crap down in Arizona. Steaming so pile of Murray. Um, <laughs> So I, 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 if, if I'm going to lean one way or the other, Chris, I think 
I think they're going to lean towards Gino. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what I think. I think they're going to lean towards Gino and just kind of build up that roster more. That's I, just my opinion. No, no I, I agree. I can see that because he, he did well. And if he has an entire offseason going in knowing he's going to be the guy, which would be smart if they know that, if they think there's any chance that they're going to bundle those draft picks and try to move up. I think, you know, Pete Carroll always seems a pretty good rapport with his players. So I think I think he'd be in the loop on that. He They let him know. Oh, well, anyway, he'd be a free agent, so it wouldn't matter, you know. Um, but yeah, and I, Gino, Gino be a free agent, so his that's what value. I'm saying, right, yeah, he wouldn't have to. Right, right. Um, I can't I forget he's not under contract. Are, right. Right, and there are plenty of teams that are going to – they're going to need him. And, you know, and, 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 like, they're in a pretty good spot because they can bring back Gino, who knows the system and performed well, who and the guy's, like, playing for him. Uh, is he Patrick Mahomes? No, but nobody else is except Patrick Mahomes. So – they're in a pretty good position because they can just go with the guy they know and use those picks and and build other parts of their team. That's, I mean, like you said, this is looking for a quarterback to plug in who can work with this offense already. They have the running mm-hmm. backs. Their line is far better than it had been the last couple of years. Receivers are extraordinarily good. Their defense is, is, is good, and they didn't have Jamal Adams most of the year. I mean, is right. he the superstar he was with the Jets? No, but he's still a really solid player uh, who can make plays from time to time. And one of the best blitzing safeties in the game. Mm-hmm. And they can just continue to take those picks and build more, or they can even trade them down and get more picks and build even more, or they can bundle them and get their guy of the future. So they're kind of it's it's a good situation for them to be in. Honestly, it's not it's not oh I have to make a choice. It's oh wow we get to really weigh all our options. So and they have the fifth most uh, cap space going into the twenty twenty three season. Yeah, so they're forty seven million now. A chunk of that would be for their starting quarterback, depending on which way they go, but. Still, it's a nice chunk of change for them to to lean into. So, I can see them going both ways. I think just the dollar figure itself, the average annual value for Geno Smith, how many years does he want? Because he he really hasn't got that payday yet. And then how how much is he going to want? And and respectively, I think 25 to 30 over four years, I think that's kind of a a respectable amount of money for – a starting quarterback, even though he's on the wrong side of 30, he's still a quarterback. He's not – his his game is not solely built on running the football. No, no, no. That's the, that's the advantage. He's got one of the best downfield receivers in the game in Tyler Lockett and one of the predominantly most physical and talented wide receivers in DK Metcalf. And Kenneth Walker is legit. Uh-huh. Build out that offensive line. You you, you're challenging. You're challenging teams. So We're forgetting something. Maybe maybe if they try to get Geno and some other team goes over the top because they need a quarterback. Say the Texans just come in and they offer him whatever because they think I don't know what. Who knows? The Texans mm-hmm. are known for offering quarterback stump contracts. Yeah. You think there's any chance? Considering that the Colts have come forward today and said that they are not interested in pursuing Derek Carr, that because he's not going to take. No one's given a first round pick for Derek Carr. The Raiders are getting a first-round pick for him. So they wouldn't have to worry about who's one of their first-round picks. They could take a guy, because Pete Carroll is going to be, he's a far more intelligent coach than anybody as far as possession and ball control than any of the coaches that Derek Carr has ever played for. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think with two really great receivers and a solid running game and a good defense, which is what he was supposed to have in L.A., but it didn't work out because, you know, Josh McDaniels is a, plague on common sense 
Um, I don't know. Maybe they could offer him a second or maybe a third and a fourth or a conditional pick or something and bring Derek Carr in. If I think the only problem with that would be I think Carr is going to get traded sooner than later. So they may have a deadline on that before they know what they can even do with Geno before free agency opens. So I think that might be the problem. I don't, I don't know. Well, obviously they can't trade right now anyways, but I mean, they can discuss it and explore it. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because a lot of, of timing is going to match up on that too. Because obviously you don't want to re-sign Geno and then trade for Derek Carr. But if you wait to try to trade for Derek Carr, mm-hmm. Geno signs with somebody else day one. Then you're like, oh, then you're back to new corner. So, but we'll see. Yeah, the only issue I would have with that, Chris, and then we can move on, is that uh, a lot of his bonuses are done for Derek Carr. So when you trade for him, you're actually going to be paying him significant dollars. $32 million next year, 41 the following year, 41 the following year after that. Oh, So it's three years, and I just said he had 47 in cap space. Obviously, they can make some moves and make free up some space, but a large chunk of that's going to go right to Derek Carr. So it's, I think it goes back to how much do you want to give them uh, as far as Geno Smith, how many years, and it's basically what you're looking at, Chris, it's like what, that's 81, about 120 roughly. Mm -hmm. So you want three and 120 for Derek Carr, or do you feel like you can get, three and 75 or three and 90 for Geno Smith. I think I would lean towards more Geno. Yeah. And just because like, just to be clear, I wouldn't trade anything for Derek Carr. I don't yeah, think he's that good. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I made the mistake of thinking after last season and 5,000 yards that he was better than he is. And they didn't bring in Devontae Adams and a better team around him. And he is not good. And everybody seems to think he seems immune to criticism. Right. Nobody seems to think it's him just not being good. <laughs> so it's like, all right, whatever. That's, you know. Yeah. And if some team wants to waste a pick on that's fine. People keep saying the Patriots are going to try to pick him up and, and drop Mac Jones. And I'm like, that is, no, <laughs> do not do that. Uh, do not do that. All right, moving on, because there's several other games this weekend. Um, let's take a look at the tonight's game at 815. I, I got to say, before I be, talk about this game, how nice it is to not have to have cable to watch all these games. Like, there's apps you can watch them on, like, like Fox or or the Fox app, or you got Peacock or Paramount or you know just any of these other ones. It's just it's just nice to not have to or, pay outrageous cable prices. Or streaming sites that uh, a buddy links you to that you can just log onto and not that have to too. pay that that as well. Uh, let's okay. So the eight fifteen game tonight, we have the L.A. Chargers against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the fact that Jaguars are even here, never mind with a winning record, is pretty miraculous considering their last couple of years they've had. Doug Peterson worked wonders for that team. I thought he'd improve it, but I did not realize by this much. And Trevor Lawrence grew leaps and bounds this year. Uh, so even if they go in tonight and they get blown out, um, it yeah, it'd be disappointing as you're a Jaguars fan, especially since it's at home, but. This team came really far this year, and they proved that some of the money they spent the last few off-seasons has worked out. The draft picks have worked out. Trevor Lawrence appears to be the guy. Um, they, they thought he wasn't. He drafted him first overall two years ago. This team looks like it's headed in the right direction. Now, the Khan family will inevitably blow it up in two years, trade everyone away, and have a 1-16 team. But 
it's fun for this year for them. Um, so I got to say personally tonight, especially with Mike Williams out for the Chargers, I'm picking the Jaguars in a very close game, an upset. First off, Chris, this is a win for me. Why, you ask? It proves how inept Urban Myers was. So that's a win for that's a win for decency in general. Just just them being here in there, just for them to be able to be in the position to make the playoffs and then make it, just tells me that Urban Myers is a moron. He's going to get a college job somewhere. Great, he got his TV gig back because apparently we just again a lot of like a lot of things we just pick up the rug and sweep it right under. Oh yeah, that's that's fine. That's fine. Um. As far as the game, I'm leaning towards the Jags, too. Like you, Mike Williams is a concern. And honestly, until Justin Herbert shows me something in the playoffs, I'm going to lean towards Trevor because even though Trevor hasn't done anything either, um, he's shown me something in another playoffs. He's got a world, he's got a national championship ring. He's got multiple appearances yeah. in the college football playoffs. He's not afraid of a big spotlight. So he's got experience. Is it on the big, big stage? No, but it's on a stage nonetheless. So if I'm going to lean towards someone, I'm, I'd say a college national championship's a pretty big stage. Right. Not it's the level not compa- of Super Bowl, but right. what is? True. Um, but Justin Herbert didn't show anything in Oregon. And then so far, he had his good rookie season that, you know, try hard and, and he, he showed the, the, the world the NFL world that, that he has game, but he hasn't done much with it since. So this, this is going to be the, one of these stepping stones that we talk about for a team and specifically the Justin Herbert as a quarterback is that he's got to show something right now, because if Trevor Lawrence comes out and then the Jags come out and they perform, you know, I don't know. I, I think the, the, the whole narrative about Justin Herbert and the the Chargers might start to turn a little sour in in California for um, for those LA Chargers, and you're going to see if Denver you know can turn it around. That might be a problem for them. Obviously, Raiders are we 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 kind of knew this was going to happen. The Raiders, um, the Chiefs aren't clearly are not going anywhere. So. They're going to be relegated to fighting for a wild card spot for the next few years. And if Denver makes hay or a couple of other teams in the AFC that start to make hay, they're going to be struggling, to be honest. You know, I, we've had this talk about Herbert before. You're much harder on him than I am. Uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't like making excuses for players, but I do look at situations more. Uh, he wasn't even supposed to start what was his second or third game. And then poor, uh, Poor, uh, who's the starting quarterback? Uh, Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor, gets his, yep. Poor guy gets his lung punctured by a Neptune doctor. And then, you know, Herbert takes over from there and has a really great rookie season. Uh, and, you know, the thing is, I think I think with him, it's there's been a lot of overturn on that team. And, yeah, you have to be able to play past that. And, and I 100% agree with you. If he goes out tonight in, the, in his first playoff game and flops, then that's a huge hit. He won't. <laughs> he, he may not win, but he won't flop. You're going to see this kid go. You're going to see him with a 60-plus percent completion percentage. You're going to see him with 200, probably 250-plus yards, a couple of touchdowns. Um, 
kind of got to cut back on the picks a little bit in big games. Uh, but he's still a young guy. Um, I, I, I think, you know, we both vehemently disagreed with him firing that coach. I forget the name now. Uh, after Anthony Lynn. Season. What's that? Anthony, Anthony Lynn. Lynn. Yes. Yeah. They had a good thing going. The team was good. The team was going in the right direction, and they fire him. And they bring in uh, St- Brandon Staley, I think his name is, is their head coach now. Um, and he's been fine, but he hasn't really done anything Anthony Lynn couldn't have done. But it's still a whole new system that and now second-year players learning. And he's had, you know, Mike Williams and, and Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's one of the best receivers in the game. Mike Williams is one of the best of that secondary level. Uh, I always call him the Manny Ramirez of the NFL because mm-hmm. he'll drop mm-hmm. easy passes and then make the most insane over-the-shoulder no-look catches you'll ever see. Um, so I, I, I'm i not as hard on uh, Herbert. I think he's extremely good. I mean, I mean, if I was a Chargers fan, I'd be thrilled to have him as my quarterback. And I think he's one of the, the better quarterbacks currently going forward. Um, yeah, he has to prove in the playoffs. He has a chance to do it tonight. And I think there's been so much overturn, and there's been so much injury on that team in, in, in key spots. I mean, it's not Eckler was hurt last year, and he's got to pick up the pieces. This kid played through a broken rib earlier this year and, and played well. Like, he's proven he's tough. He's proven he wants to win. He's proven he's dedicated, and he's had a lot of stuff around him get shaken up, and it's only completing his third year. I think the thing with him that happened was there was a point when Burrow was struggling, or Burrow got hurt his rookie year, and he was kind of struggling mid-last year where we kind of thought Herbert surpassed him, and then Burrow ended up in the Super Bowl, and Herbert didn't. So I think that's kind of a mark against him in people's mind, mm-hmm. understandably, because, you know, where Brandon Staley calling a timeout away, calling a timeout against the Raiders in the last game of the season last year and being an idiot, because if they tied, they both made the playoffs, the Raiders and, and the Chargers, and Staley decides to call a timeout, and he pissed the Raiders off, hit the field goal and one Because they're ready just to kneel on that ball and let the time go to zero. Right. So... I mean, I, I, I think future is still very bright for Justin Herbert. I don't think if he goes out and throws five picks today and gets benched in the third quarter and they lose by 40 to Jacksonville, yeah, that's a hit. If he goes out and has a solid performance with, yet again, one of his top receivers out, um, I don't think he's anything to worry about. And NFL fans are always antsy because NFL fans are always fickle. Patriots fans want Matt Jones gone. Patriots fans want Bill Belichick gone. And this team would be worse off by far next year without either of those guys. So right. fans are fickle and they have the – in the time period where everything is instant, everything is instant gratification, you get whatever you want right away. You can stream anything, you can buy anything, you can have anything delivered to your door in two days. It's – we have it. no one's ever happy unless it's the Super Bowl. Two, two 12-win coaches this year are on the hot seat right now. That's insane. Mike McCarthy's in the hot seat in Dallas. They were almost a one seed. Are you serious? Uh, people got to calm the hell down. There's a reason organizations like New England with Belichick, like uh, Baltimore with Harbaugh, certainly Tomlin with the Steelers, uh, or if he has Pat Fryermuth, who's a moron, you know, Belichick would belong in that category. But, um, yeah, but he's whatever. He's a whatever. Uh, there's a reason these teams maintain a certain level, even if they're not top of the top tier constantly. Mm-hmm. They're never bottom of the barrel either, because they have that solid foundation of those coaches, coaching staff, ownership that has that backs up the the, the the coaches. It's not 
oh, you won 12 games, but you didn't win the Super Bowl. You're out. Let's bring in somebody else. Oh, why have you only won five games this year? Because you have an entirely different game plan with a young quarterback. People don't think. People just want something different because they didn't get it. Grass is not always greener, trust me. And I, I just I just look at it as – I look at it slightly different. I just want to see that progression. I want to see that oh, development. As do I. As do I. I don't disagree with that. And, and I think this this like I said this is a I think this is a tipping point for him where this could be the year where you start to see that progression. But if he goes up and and throws up a flopper, I'm not saying the Chargers need to shift gears and go in a different direction at quarterback. That's that's not true. I just look at it as I don't want because I I think in my personal view it's. Three years to four years with a quarterback coming out of college that you need to really see what they are. And then you also, in concert with that quarterback, you need to see three or four years consistently with that head coach, offense coordinator. Unless it turns absolutely untenable, you need to see that 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 team develop. So if it doesn't work out this year, this is Brandon Stanley's um, – What's it going to be? We're going to go into the third right now. Yeah, going right. So going to third year next year. So I I don't. I would not say Brandon Stanley would be on the hot seat next year because he did make the playoffs. It's showing progression over the previous two years. He didn't make that kind of gaffe this year because he's in the playoffs. Um, But you would want to see continued progression. You need to develop the players more, Um, and you need to see where your holes are. And fill those holes with veterans, which they did this past offseason. And you need to fill with some young talent. And, and you got to look at your competition. It sucks that they're in the same division with Patrick Mahomes. But that's the reality of the situation. It, it sucked for a lot of years for the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Buffalo Bills. Because every year it's, okay, we get to play six games against – Tom Brady collectively how many and how many are we going to be able to win and can we win enough games outside of those games to make the playoffs and more often than not they didn't so it's a bad situation for Justin but this is where Justin Herbert um, Austin Eckler Keenan Allen and flipping on the other side uh, Joey Bosa Derwin James, all those players, Brandon Stanley, the head coach, need to like step up and say, okay, when we go into Arrowhead, we need to we need to put it on them. We need to show that we belong here and we're gonna win this division. Because honestly, they're not going anywhere. Kansas City's not going anywhere. No, we pro- they proved that they proved that this year. Yeah. When they said goodbye to Tyreek Hill, and where is Kansas City right now? The one seed in Mahomes. That's actually what I was about to I was about to tell you because uh, I, I pulled up the numbers from this year just to kind of put things in perspective. Yeah, Mahomes fifty two fifty for yards. By the way, so I mean, there's a reason he's the best quarterback in football by a mile. Herbert had more passing yards this year, and look, I, mm-hmm. believe me, I, I I've been I, I'm not trying to be inconsistent because I'm the first one who's called Matt Ryan or Philip Rivers. Yeah, not outstanding. Quarter, good quarterbacks, awesome stat collectors, not great team leaders uh, on the field. Um, they never, I mean, I don't think Philip Rivers 
Well, they got the AFC Championship game with the Patriots one year, the year that he played with the torn ACL, which was ballsy. I give him credit for that. He's a tough guy. Um, but Herbert has more passing yards this year than Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, um, Aaron Rodgers, the, the greatest human ever exists, apparently, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, um, let's see, who else? Uh, Russell Wilson, who got traded for two first-round picks for the year started. And everyone else, with the exception of Patrick Mahomes, he led. He was second in the league in passing. Uh, had more attempts than Mahomes, more completions than Mahomes, higher completion percentage. He did have fewer touchdowns, but he has an absolute touchdown machine in Austin Eckler on his team who almost set a record. Um, or who, not not this year, but I think like over a three-year span, almost set a record, something like that. Uh, and fewer interceptions. Um, and let's see, we got, he only has, he has the same amount of touchdown passes as Brady. He's got quite a few less than Burrow, but Burrow's got three stud receivers who he throws to constantly. Uh, I mean, he wasn't over the top in touchdowns. That's about the only category he's really lacking in uh, because, you know, I mean, a lot of these guys who he's way higher than uh, uh, were discussed for league MVP this year. Mm-hmm. And yet he's being, he's being talked almost, almost talked down to like he's done something wrong. And it's like, <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Again, you got to perform in the playoffs. I see. If he goes out tonight and he bombs, that's a huge hit. And then I look like an idiot, but it's happened before, so I'm not worried. Um, but this guy's really good. And look, I like Mac Jones and everything, but if the Patriots said tomorrow they're done with Mac Jones and they're going to trade and bring in Justin Herbert, I'd be like, oh, uh, well, thanks, Mac, but that, that's okay. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know. I think people, people are way too, what have you done for me lately? And it's like, He's performed at a high level since he came into the league. I, I I don't know. I think a lot of it they lose to Kansas City in that close that one score game to open the season. I think they win that game is a whole different conversation this year. It's a whole different level. But and certainly maybe. losing that game was not not Justin Herbert's fault. So, all right, we got three games tomorrow too. So let's let's go on to those. Um, I'm wondering if we should. I I, I don't want to shortchange any teams. But I feel like we should just bundle Miami, Buffalo, Baltimore, Cincinnati kind of together because the reality of the situation oh, is yeah. dire. Is just dire for two teams. This is why I said earlier, tomorrow's games, for the most part, are just going to be trash. If you don't know, Miami's looking like Skylar Thompson's going to be starting. And then for Baltimore against Cincinnati, they haven't named it yet, so it's either Tyler Huntley or uh, Anthony Brown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, we can love these guys. There's not, there's not a whole lot to talk about on these. These are going to be a wash. I mean, two. Uh, look, as good as two was started out, he's not played well the last couple of times he was in. Anyways, I don't think the Dolphins have much of a chance against this Bills team with all the emotion they're going on. Um. I would even take the emotion out. It's the fact. Oh no, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, even with that including, I mean, just just heads up. Probably at home. It's it, I, look. I live in New York now, and I mean, it's it's like three hours from Buffalo, maybe even more. But uh, right now, it's uh, 23 degrees here, which is a little bit colder than Miami is right now, uh, and it's not going to be much warmer tomorrow at one o'clock when they kick off in Buffalo. I mean, 
no team ever has a zero chance, but the Dolphins have as close to a zero chance tomorrow as you can possibly imagine. Buffalo would have to. Buffalo has to beat Buffalo tomorrow for Buffalo to lose. And I don't. I, I wonder don't, even I don't if see Buffalo, that. I don't see that happening until the AFC Championship game against Cincinnati. So, I wonder even if Buffalo beat Buffalo, that Buffalo would still win. <laughs> Buffalo could beat Buffalo and somehow still win. Just because Skylar Thompson's <laughs> just not going to do. Yeah. But, no. 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 Unless McDaniel absolutely lets Skylar Thompson just rip it, which honestly he should because he played ultra conservative with Skylar Thompson. I don't know if that's just trying to make sure he has a respectable quarterback to go in the off season, uh, in the postseason, or he just didn't trust the guy. But Tyreek and Jalen Waddle were nothing because this is this is the problem: is if you don't have a good quarterback, yep. you can have these outstanding receivers, much like we thought what was going to happen in Seattle: two outstanding receivers. But if you can't get on the ball, well, mm-hmm. they got on the ball. Unless you're going to let Skylar Thompson rip it. I mean, what are we doing here? Because Shanahan's letting Brock Purdy rip it. And look at the results. They've been winning. So it, it's, a, it's, it's a long shot for Miami to win this game. I, I just think it's Buffalo cruising. They'll be able to save uh, Allen and, and Stefan Diggs a little bit at the end of the game rest a few guys and then go into next next week um uh against who I who do I have them okay we haven't talked about that yet but uh yeah they're going to go in the next week be able to rest people yeah uh yeah bills bills win this game handily the only way they don't is if dolphins somehow get like three defensive touchdowns or special teams touchdowns or something and that's that's just not that's not happening um and and that Bengals since and Ravens, I, yeah I think the, I think the Bengals are going to represent the AFC again personally this year, and I think they're going to win the Super Bowl personally. Um, it, but, it's uh, it's just going to be ugly. It's the, the offense isn't. Yeah, we've talked about this. Tyler Huntley is different than Lamar Jackson, and obviously Anthony Brown. There's no comparison. He is nowhere near either one of them for that matter. So I mean, Lamar Jackson with his mysterious injury, and I'm not saying it's not real. I just saying nobody can seem to put a finger on what it is. Um, It's supposed to be back a month and a half ago and he's still out week to week. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's a case of no contractitis personally, but that's just me. Um, He he says it's an AC joint and a hamstring injury. That's literally what I don't know. That's that's literally what Lamar put out there on social media a few days ago. It could could be that. I don't I don't know Lamar to be a liar, but it just it seems odd to me. There seems to be a lot of discontent there in Baltimore. It's going to be even worse when they franchise that. Um, I think they should just trade him because I do too. Because you're not going to have a happy player in there if if this happens. But uh, Huntley, no disrespect to Huntley, Huntley's. Guy no, I just for a while and he's right. performed well, but uh, the Bengals. I mean, yeah, they're twelve and four. They haven't. They've been. They've been winning a lot lately. They have not lost in a while, and they have been a steamroller between Joe Mixon and, and Joe Burrow and the receivers and the defense playing pretty well. I mean, they, that team is ready to go. If there's a team that's ready to go into Kansas City and straight up beat Kansas City, it's Cincinnati. The last time they lost was October. Yeah. I mean Burrow had Burrow had that, that bad start. They started off one and three and he had twelve and four. 
you tell me the only other team in the, in, in, in the entire NFL you could say argue maybe is hotter than them is the 49ers. And those are the two teams I think are going to be in the Super Bowl. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, spoiler for me. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, uh, and, and there's no Aaron Donald to chase Murano. There's a Bosa to chase Burrow around, but they have a better line this year, so that'll, that'll be a fun game. But, um, yeah, it's a Buffalo and, and Cincinnati win pretty, I think, very handily, honestly. All right, so I think we, we, we're, we're in total agreement there. It's, it's Bills and Bengals by a landslide. The middle game, however... Uh, the 4:30 game between yeah. the Giants and Vikings, I think will be a much better game. I personally still think home team wins. I think the Vikings have too much offensive talent. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've seen supremely good and very bad versions of both these teams this year. Uh, a lot of teams, you know, once they get into their past their second, third game, they get into their midseason form. Uh, you know, Bill has had a couple of games they didn't look great. They look kind of beatable, but they never looked absolutely terrible. Uh, same with the Bengals early in the season. But you got these two teams started out hot. Uh, I don't think the Vikings make it past the next round, but I do think they pull it out against the Giants. It's going to be a really close game. It's going to be a good game. But um, I think I think the Vikings pull it out. And my only question is, which Daniel Jones are we getting? That's all it is. Yeah, and that's and- that's exactly you, to my point, though. Which version yeah. of, of, of the team and the and the top the top version of players shows up? Does the <laughs> the crappy version of each player show up? It's like you have two quarterbacks who are, when they're on their game, can be very very good, and when they're not, can be not very very good. And and one side has a otherworldly talented running back in Saquon Barkley, mm-hmm. and then the talent after that is pretty low. Yeah. And then you flip it to the other side, albeit Dalvin Cook's very, very good. He is an upper echelon running back, but they have probably the top wide receiver in the league. Hard to argue. But we've, but we've seen him in recent weeks. Oh, he's got like two catches for 35 yards. That's not his fault, though. No, that's a game plan I, I don't problem. Th- it's, a, it's a game plan problem. And then, as you pointed out, it's – is the quarterback going to show up? Because we've seen Kirk Cousins just turn into to a, a, a puddle in playoffs, in big games. So that's the only problem with this game. It's just which team's going to show up? And honestly, I, I, I was going back and forth on this, but I am sitting on the Vikings on this one. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be the better, the best game we're going to get on Sunday is going to be this game. Uh but I still think Sunday's games slate of games is not not good, unfortunately, uh, because of the quarterback situation. Otherwise, this would be if we had all quarterback situations the way they should be, this would probably be an exciting Sunday. Oh yeah, for sure. Coming off of a probably a really good Saturday mm-hmm. uh, slate of games and leading into a Monday night matchup that's going to be very very interesting. Monday's going to be a fun game. It is, and um, but I am going to go with Minnesota uh, on this one, uh, just because I think they just have a little bit too much uh, to kind of compete against as far as offensive talent. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I my Minnesota is just going to just going to have a little bit more. I think Justin Jefferson's just going to he's going to he's going to step on the field, and it's going to be the Justin Jefferson show. 
and it has just going to highlights and Dalvin, I think has taken a nice position as the offense doesn't flow around him. And that is better for him. That'll how be much better. was he injured this year? Uh, I don't think you, I don't think so either. How, how, how long has the Benson's been able to say that because they've relied on him so much. This is the best thing for him. And they said this. Would, they said this would happen when when uh, the new coach came in. They said it was going to be a more even to passing focused offense, which is going to take the heat off of Cook. And he's been healthy, pretty sure all year, and performed mm-hmm. pretty well. Yeah, he's not. He's not the absolute stud. Uh, you got a game plan to defend against this guy that he was two or three years ago, but that's fine. It doesn't have to be. He's a Justin Jefferson now. Justin Jefferson's a dynamic player. Still got Thielen. They traded for Hawkinson, who. One of the top tight ends in the game. I don't care what anybody says. That guy, if he has a quarterback that's throwing to him, can really perform. Yeah, he's not Travis Kelsey. I get that. But he nobody again, nobody is. That's the reason why, you know, the Chiefs are special. Um But yeah, no, I I I think the Vikings win. And if you target Justin Jefferson needs twenty targets in this game. At least. Yeah, you know you're throwing him the ball. The Giants know you're throwing him the ball. Just throw him the damn ball. Let Justin Jefferson do what Justin Jefferson does, and you're going to be very happy with the outcome. Mm-hmm. That's it. Because there is not many people, either one-on-one, two-on-one, zone coverage, who can stop this kid when he gets hot. And Kirk Cousins, while he's not supremely dynamic, is good enough to get Justin Jefferson the ball, and that's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. That's it. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to see Dalvin Cook at 35 carries and have you guys to have to kick a last-minute field goal to win. That's ridiculous. You have game-breaking players. Use them. Use them. And Dalvin is one of those game-breaking 100%. But now when he's worn um, down so much, he can't perform. On carry 1 through 20, he Mm -hmm. is. Right. On carry 21 through 30, he's an above-average running back who's taking a risk of getting injured now. So, And and to your point, Chris, I'll, I'll run you down real quick. Previous few years, and it kind of accentuates what you just said. Is this year he ended with? So this year he was sixth in the league at the end of the season. Okay, eleven seventy three. It's not bad. Nothing to sneeze it's at. Not, no, it's nothing to sneeze at. How Last many year, he, uh, eight. Awesome. I'd be happy with that as a running back. In <laughs> seventeen games. Yep. And last year he had thirteen games. Fourteen games previous. Fourteen and fourteen games in twenty twenty. He had fifteen hundred yards. And 16 touchdowns. What did the 2020 Minnesota Vikings do? They didn't do anything. So when he was the focal point of the offense, it didn't really help. And this is the first, this is the first year that when he's the primary starter, that he actually finished the season. Mm -hmm. So this 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 evolution of the offense and and kudos to Kevin O'Connell, who who would have thought years ago, Chris, when he was a backup to Tom Brady, that Kevin O'Connell would be a head coach? I didn't know, but Cliff clearly, Kinsbury, maybe, maybe Cliff Kingsbury. Maybe he thought it could be happen. I don't know. Um, but I, I think this this Vikings team, when they're on, they're unstoppable. Oh yeah, yeah. 100%. It's just, I think they can get shut down, and I think they're gonna get shut down. In the in the weeks to come, yeah. But um, Monday night, Chris. Monday the Cowboys night, in the Bucks. The Cowboys. Who? Look, man. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not a Cowboys fan by any means. 
Um, but I am a fan of good football, and they played really good football and pretty solid defense most of the season. A lot of that part of the season, Dak was not there. I don't think they lost a game, maybe one, when Dak was out. Um, and this team has become rather inconsistent at the worst point in the season. Dak's throwing bad interceptions. The defense is not performing. Micah Parsons cannot do it on his own, although he's having to try because nobody else seems to be. Um, and they're going against the Bucks. We're going to Tom Brady in the playoffs. I don't care. I don't care how old he is. I don't care about any of the other ancillary pieces of this story. It's Tom Brady in the postseason in prime time. Good luck to a team that specializes in choking in these positions in the Dallas Cowboys. And if they go one and done after the year they had, Cowboys Nation is going to implode. And as someone who isn't a Cowboys fan, I mean, it'd be pretty entertaining, personally. But, I mean, there's there's already conversation about McCarthy. Yeah, fire Mike McCarthy. They haven't, they, haven't even, they haven't even lost the game. They haven't played the game yet. And Jerry Jones is already talking about McCarthy might be on the hot seat. And it, it, it's like, it, 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 it sends a message to players that you have no faith in them because you're already talking about if they lose. As a head coach, it's like, what do I have to do? We're 12 and 5. Uh, how, how <laughs> what more? I, I can't get on the field and play. It's, 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 if I'm Mike McCarthy and I get fired for going 12 and 5 because my players couldn't perform and Dak can't not throw bad picks. I find a nice Division II college job and win the next 15 championships and then retire. <laughs> I don't even mess with the NFL anymore because he won a championship in Green Bay. He was fine. Aaron Rodgers starts whining, crying, and bitching, which he's become a professional at. And all of a sudden, he's out, and they bring in LaFleur. Right now, they're not even in the playoffs. So, woohoo! good job there, Aaron. Uh, and um, <laughs> this guy got to feel like I can't win. I'm consistent. My team, my, my, my players love me. I perform well. I'm professional. I don't make waves. I'm not embarrassing my team. Uh, right. And I win 12 games in a extremely competitive division. The worst team in that division was the Commanders, and they've had a very good season. They were they played way above what I thought they were going to play. The NFC East went from being a laughing stock a few years ago to a damn fine division this year, and it looks like it's going to stay that way going forward at least for the next couple of years. And um, – Jones still isn't happy. Who the hell are you going to bring in? Who are you going to bring in that's going to make an impact? It's going to make that much of a difference. You have overpriced, cushy players who aren't performing. That's mm-hmm. what you have. And it's not going to get any better because you got those guys locked up for con. Even if you get rid of those guys, those contracts are going to bite your team for the next several years. So if you're a Cowboys fan, you better hope your team wins Monday night. I mean, you do if you're a Cowboys fan. But you better hope for the sake of the future, not getting completely screwed up, that they win. Or Jerry Jones shows some semblance of common sense if they lose and keeps McCarthy. Because if not, that team's going to be in turmoil. By the way, I think the Bucks win. Yeah, Chris, your point is on on, on again because the high-priced talent is the problem right now. Going into next season, Tony Pollard's a free agent. They hinged a lot of their offense on the fact that they were splitting carries between Zeke and Tony Pollard. There yeah, are plenty dude, of weeks. Zeke, Zeke can't perform. He can't carry more than 10 times a game and perform. And, and that's a problem, especially how much you're paying him. Uh, let's see, total carries 
Tony Pollard, 193. Zeke, 231. And Pollard had more rushing yards, had three less touchdowns. I think he was probably more effective. Yeah, he was more effective in the passing game. Uh, not much difference, but still, he was more productive than than Zeke. Like, this is this is kind of the problem with the con- the construct of the team. It's just – it's a great option to have Tony Pollard and Zeke splitting those carries. Yeah. You know, you have two versatile running backs. They kind of complement each other. It's not a bad idea. The problem is, is now Tony Pollard needs to get paid. Yep. You don't have the money. They have $5 million going into next year. Uh, well, uh, that's in cap space. That's not even an effective cap. Effective cap space, they're $300,000, 3 million in the hole. There you go. So it's even worse. And Dak gets paid a lot of money. That's fine. You can pay Dak, but sure. now you're you're also paying Demarcus Lawrence, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, uh, Michael Gallup for whatever he's he's going to provide for you. And the list goes on. And uh, the biggest cap hit is obviously, you know, Dak. And what Dak needs to do is he needs to elevate his his team. So you're you're you the Dallas Cowboys are going to have to come into next offseason and you're going to have to bring in veterans who have not performed and try to get what you can out of them draft players that have a specific talent that maybe you could tap into and try to compliment Zeke and CD lamb, which by the way, Chris, at some point, CD, I was just going to say that I was just going to say he's going to yep. need a contract extension yep. off that rookie deal. And it ain't going to be cheap. Uh, that's all paid. I'm going to say. And someone's, someone's not going to get paid. That's all it's going to happen. And it's gonna it's gonna have to be uh um I mean it's gonna have to be C D. She's gonna have to I mean they're gonna have to pay him. Yeah. I mean you're gonna have to let Pollard walk this year. Yeah, he's gone. I, I have to, almost, they don't have the, don't have the uh, money without restructuring several people and, and creating more dead cap. That's hey, it, it's the same issue, Chris, all over the league. What do you want to do? You wanna let someone go or are you gonna kick that can down the down the road and eventually you're going to be the New Orleans Saints, who are still oh, still in purgatory. In purgatory, yeah. yep. And I, I don't know what they're going to do, but as far as the game to, uh, Monday night, you have – who'd you say? You said the Bucks. I did the Bucks. yeah. I'm going with the Cowboys. Are you? I'm going to go with the Cowboys edging in and out. And they're going to be – so it's going to be – so this is what I got out. Uh, um, ours – Ours is going to be much different, though, right? We pretty much have the same. I think we have the same besides that game, yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be divisional rounds going to be the Eagles and the Cowboys, Niners and the Vikings. And the only difference will be uh, you have the Bucks instead of the Cowboys. Wow. We're going to get to that in one second. I'm looking at the Cowboys roster here, and uh, yep. they need to pay Trayvon Diggs after the next season. Yes, that's another – who, so you're gonna have digs and then lamb the following. So you're gonna have to create some kind of cap space here because they don't have any. They no. want to keep these guys. Nope. Nope. They don't. They don't. They don't have the space. And for all digs' problems with uh, <laughs> coverage, he is a ball hawking safety or corner yeah. to the nth degree. He will pick the ball off, but he will also give it up, which is fine because he he's a converted wide receiver. Uh, but you just Jalen Ramsey, then all right, yeah. Jalen Ramsey, <laughs> Jaylen got Ramsey so, same thing, like. same thing. So he'll be somewhere else, and they're gonna have to figure it out. That's that's what's gonna happen. This is what this is what happens when 
your your starting quarterback commands almost fifty million dollars. That's 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 the short and skinny of it. And I, it's I mean I think it gets better. I don't know, but it might get better. But I, I but I think I think the Cowboys are going to win. And now you're going to look at. Um, Eagles and the Cowboys, nice division uh, matchup there, and then the Niners and the Vikings in the divisional round. And then we both agree on the AFC, where it's going to be the Chiefs and the Jags, the Bills and the Bengals. Which yes. is kind of yep. funny. Yep. Which you. is kind of funny that you know the Bills and the ba- Bills and Bengals are repeat. I try to do a repeat of a um, uh, game previously weeks, uh, but this one will be in Buffalo. Um, that's established because uh, Buffalo Buffalo won their game, and um, Buffalo has a better record, even yep. though they they both missed the game. They both missed the same game, so it ultimately comes down to. I, I think it's it's going to come down to this is this is my Super Bowl matchup, Chris. It's the Chiefs and the Niners. That's what I. I, I kind of boil it down. and Niners, so. And then I have I have the Forty Niners winning the Super Bowl. I would not doubt. just for the story, not just for the story. I, I just think they're built. Yeah. They're no, built. They certainly are. Yeah, they certainly are. Uh, and, yeah, I have. I don't know if it's possible. What's up? When it would happen? The Bengals are the three seed or two seed? Three seed. Bengals are the three seed. So would it even be? Oh, so it would be possible for them to have a an AFC Championship game against uh, the Chiefs. Uh, I personally think that's what's happened. That's what happens. I haven't looked at the bracket. I might, I might be reading that wrong, but uh, for who? For the Bengals and Chiefs, they could play in the AFC Championship. Yes, I have. The, I have the Chiefs and the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. Okay. Okay. Uh, I have the Bengals beating the Bills. Yeah, I would. I would. I would agree with that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think. We, yeah, we agree on everything but the Monday night game. Uh, yep. I think it's going to be pretty straightforward. I think it's going to be a close game on Monday. I don't think either team blows each other out, but I think it's going to come down to a final drive in the fourth quarter with Brady either having to maintain a lead or take the lead. And you're going to ask me who I trust more in a playoff, so Dallas Cowboys or, 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 or Thomas Edward Brady. Um, Got to go with TB, so... Chris, I don't blame you on that. I really don't. Just, just my gut. For some reason, I'm, I'm thinking the Cowboys are going to pull this off. I don't think this is Tom. And, I, and here's a crazy thing: I don't think this is Tom Swan song. I do not think that's it. I mean, he lost all his money in the FTX BS, so he has to keep playing until he's ninety. And he's getting a divorce. So yeah. So I mean, he's something to occupy his time. I mean, at this point. At this point, to be honest, it's like there's no point for him to retire until he can't play. Until a team and, wants to stop playing him, there's no point in having him stop. Right. He can be the first 50 year old to make the playoffs. Like, I mean, well, it isn't the kicker. I don't know if the kicker ever has, but and, and, and I think I think the Bucks are now in the position where the Patriots were, um, the year after where we had basically we had Cam Newton and um, Stidham and garbage and it's just it looked awful and didn't make the playoffs just a lot of the games i think the bucks are in that position where 
if they move on from Tom, they are going to look horrible. Of course, absolutely, they're terrible. There's there's no two ways about it. What, I don't know what that that number is going to look like for him in um in cap space. If Tom, because I think I think he has that nice little void the contract at the end of the season, similar to what happened in the last year with the Patriots. Um, I, I just I'm just predicting. Yeah, they're actually 31st next year in cap space start of the season. Bucks are. Yeah, yeah. They're 30. They're only the only team worse shape. Shocking is the Saints. <laughs> Saints. Saints. We're still dealing um, with the ghost of Drew Brees, apparently. And that's the problem. Now, Michael and Thomas contract panned out well too. Yes. So, yeah, he's there's a thirty four million dollar hit on the the Bucks cap, and that's a vo- that's a voided contract. So, I think it can be. I think they can resign him, which then obviously you're paying a quarterback. So at least you're not voiding a contract and having to pay another quarterback to be a starting quarterback, at least if you sign Tom, but Tom might go somewhere else. There might be another team. Seattle might, All Seattle right, might on, dip in. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not trying to cut you off. I know you're going to know what I might say in the minute I start this. Okay. Right. Just hear me out. I don't even know if it's remotely possible. I doubt it. I like Mac Jones. Oh, I knew this is. I'm just saying, look, look. He's not going to come out and say it, but the reason Tom Brady left New England, yeah, he wanted to do it on his own without Belichick and see what he could do, but it's no secret how unhappy Giselle apparently just was in general. He left New England to move and bought a house in Florida and then went to play for the Bucs because Giselle was bitching at him because she wanted to go somewhere warmer. And then he went somewhere warmer and she still wasn't happy. So he left New England where he probably would have played out his entire career. Mm Mm-hmm. Because of the woman he divorced and is no longer with. Now, not only would it be a nice story to come back to New England and have at least a competitive season. Look, are they going to be a Super Bowl team with him? Honestly, they, they may have been this year. Um, Because he could have gotten the most out of those receivers. And not a knock on Mac. Mac's a second-year player. He's, he did his best, and he had crappy offensive coordinators. Brady wouldn't have had that problem. Brady would have come in and said, no, 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 we're doing this. Any chance they sign him to a one-year deal, I don't know a one-year fully guaranteed deal. Give him $30 million, whatever. Or whatever, too, if you want to. That's fine. I, no, I feel like he would want to. Okay, that's, that's fine. That's, Give him a two-year I, deal. I that's okay. Uh, and look, I, I know that might be moving on from Mac, but I, I really like Mac Jones, and if he's our guy going forward, I'm more than happy with that. I think he's a really solid quarterback, and I think with a good defense and, 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 and a better, better offensive structure, this can be a competitive team with him. Yeah. Um. But Tom Brady's our guy, and he's the greatest of all time. And if you had a chance to have him come back for a year or two to end his career, not only just to stick it to the rest of the league, but to say, hey, Giselle, I could have kept doing this if it wasn't for you. I don't think Robert Kraft or Tom Brady would pass up on that chance if the money was right and it was okay. Now, maybe Tom Brady's already made up his mind and he just wants to stay in Tampa Bay because he does have a good rapport with that ownership and those players, mm-hmm. and the fans love him Yep, like they did up here. Um and still do mostly. Uh, I'm just saying, what a, what a story that would be. Tom Brady opening day in Foxborough next year. Tom Brady under center, wearing number twelve for the Patriots with a two year contract under his belt, uh, throwing a DeAndre Hopkins, 
Uh, and the Patriots have negative 20 million in cap space for the following season, but whatever. What a nice F you and stick it to the league. If you can come back, bring in a star-studded receiver, uh, and and to your run. Look, and if you're Mac Jones, what do you? I mean, you're getting replaced for Tom Brady. What do you do? I mean, yeah, okay, fine. You can either get traded or you can send the bench for two uh, years. I mean, probably probably be dealt to Tampa at that point. Probably, at least, probably, at least, honestly, yeah. At least they get a cheap quarterback that wouldn't you know cost them too much at the so, minimum, and then you know. After they're out of cap hell, if he and he wouldn't have some shabby receivers too. If Mac would have uh, Evans at the yeah. end of his career, Evans, Scotty Miller, he'd have Godwin, um, and both Brady. I know, I know, Joe Joey Myers is a free agent, but they have Jacoby Myers right now. Kendrick Bourne seems to say all the right things. I still hope he stays in New England. Bourne, dude, that guy's handled everything like a pro this year. Yes, uh, regardless of his discontent for not getting more playing time, he has handled like a pro and he's been a professional. And I love guys like that on the team, and I hope he's around. Can we can we uh, just briefly talk because I think we're pretty much done with the uh, playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah, we're good there. Yeah, we just briefly talked about the news that came out yesterday that I'm kind of happy about. Oh, that they, Patricia? That the Patriots have started the uh, officially oh, yeah. started an offensive coordinator search for an actual offensive coordinator, not not, not a pretend. We're, not we're going to give this guy a title and eighteen people are going to call the plays. We're looking for a real offensive coordinator. Yeah, I'm very happy about that. Have you heard the names? I've heard Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard uh, Bill O'Brien, and I'd be honestly, I'd for OC, I'd be fine with either of those guys. Bill O'Brien was absolute garbage as a head coach and GM, but as an offensive coordinator, he had a pretty good run with him. And in him and Tom, he do, he doesn't. I I like the I like that he doesn't have a problem telling the quarterback what's up. Yep. Because yep. he did that a few times with Tom. So, and if you're willing to do that to Tom, if Max the quarterback, he'd be willing to say, Max, shut up. This is the plays that are called. This is how they're run. And that's not a pretend OC. That's an actual real life offensive quarterback. Oh yeah, that's not someone who just got the title. Did you see the? Uh, I don't know. This is uh, some one of the Boston news personalities put this out there. I don't. Who knows? It's true. Um, that there isn't. There wasn't all the negativity coming out of New England from Mac. Yeah, they said that it's not coming from Belichick and it's not coming from Kraft. They think it's coming from Patricia. And maybe even Joe Judge, I'd say more likely Patricia, because he was because they were salty at Mac Jones's comments. They were salty at his comments, and they didn't want to make it look like it was their fault. And they're trying to save their ass because they left once, and Belichick brought them back when they got fired by their other teams for not performing. So they got to save their skin. Is it true? I don't know. Um, from all I know, Patricia's usually been a pretty out front guy. I mean, he is the one who wore the who wore the uh, Goodell clown nose. Right, uh, shirt right off the plane with everybody to see him. Uh, so I mean, he's—I don't know how true that is. It's Boston sports media, so take it with a five-pound bag of salt. Uh, but um, <laughs> that's true. I mean, it, it's coming from somewhere, and, and and Belichick has always seemed to do what's best for the kid. Uh, and I want to point out the fact that Bills game, that Bills game, before it got out of hand, because it's the Bills, and the Bills have a, just a better offense in general. I yeah. mean, some of those plays, just Diggs and Allen, just doing what Diggs and Allen do. I mean, what? Yeah. What do you do? I mean, you try to defend it, it doesn't work. I mean, they're just they're they're damn good. That's why they're, they're, they are where they are. They were opening up the offense a little bit. They were letting Mac throw downfield, and yeah, guess what? Guess what? The ball was getting moved, and the offense looked better than it had most points in the year. 
they only let Mac throw apparently when a team gets down by by when either it has to win in the play it has to win to get into the playoffs or they're down by so much they have to throw the ball and guess what the guy throws the ball and they do well. I I I said it all season long, and I'll come, I'll repeat it now, and I'm glad that they're making this move, but the offense just didn't have a rhythm because you don't have an offensive coordinator. Don't talk. I, I you can because I've heard this many times. Okay, so I'm I'm kind of regurgitating some stuff that I've heard from experts and actual experts. Is that you know how the first 15, 20 plays are scripted in a, in a yep. game for offense. Yep. Okay. And you can make that work and, and it's great, but one, you have to make sure that the, the these scripted plays uh, follow a flow of the game so that just because it, it, they don't, they don't go down a list one, two, three, four, five, six, all in a row, because things happen. You get behind the sticks, you get in front of the sticks Things change. You start to see stuff early on. That's kind of the problem I have with what Matt Patricia did is that he just couldn't figure out a flow. And it's different with a defense than the offense. And that's just that's just simple fact. And I just think because he called defensive plays in New England, and he probably called the defensive plays in uh, Detroit, doesn't mean you can call offensive plays. Joe Judge, just because you ran a team, doesn't mean you can come back and be the quarterback's coach. All right? McDaniels came back after his bomb in Denver, and the reason why he had success was because Bill said, you'll come back and you'll be my offensive coordinator, which is the job he had before. Right. If, if Matt Patricia came back and was the defensive coordinator – I'm sure he would have been successful. I'm going sure. back to the position I had before. I'm very comfortable in it. But you have Gerard Mayo, who apparently is getting a contract extension to keep him in New England. Uh, did you Great. did you see apparently the latest news? He apparently just turned down a Carolina Panthers offer for head coaching offer. That's interesting. That's or I don't know, I don't know if it was official offer, but he he informed them he would not be taking the position if offered. So he just yeah. I, so I essentially, was... he's probably going to take his extension in New England and probably become the defensive coordinator. <laughs> Well, that man, there, there it goes to my second point is that uh, you also have Steve Belichick, who is the, uh, I think he's the defensive backs or linebackers coach, but he's also also calling the plays. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like two players are call, uh, two people are calling the plays. So his future in New England is kind of like tied to what happens with Mayo. But you can't just hire Patricia because you have these two guys, one being your son, the other being a beloved figure in New England. And a rising star as a coach. So, honestly, I thought Patricia was just going to be a senior advisor and take over that Ernie Adams role up in the booth, you know, seeing things from the, you know, skybox and, you know, looking at challenges. Should we take it? Should we not take it? But, and then Joe Judge should have just came back as the special teams. Special teams. Yeah. That's the funny part. Like, a defense was fine. Again, the defense only struggled this year when, you know, they got too tired because the offense couldn't stay on the field. But special teams was a – it's never a problem under Belichick, and it was a massive problem. You had Joe Judge who was there for so much special team success, and what's he doing? Calling something completely different. Didn't, this entire structure didn't make any sense. And, you know, I, I 
I think honestly that's a lot what that Kraft Belichick meeting was about. Kraft yes. was like, look, Bill, you have good history here, but let's stop with the and they have to they do this every couple of years. The Patriots get to the point where they have success, mm-hmm. and then they just start kind of like super gluing things together or or just putting duct tape over holes and this and that. And it's like then they gotta reset and say, Okay, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. They need an offensive coordinator. They need a defensive coordinator. They need structure for the players, for the play calls, for everything. Also, I can't wait till Belichick retires and then Steve Belichick takes over as head coach and drafts Tom Brady's son and they win 15 Super Bowls together. (laughs) Just just throwing out there. I think what's happening, Chris, I think I agree that I think Drod is going to get the D.C. job. That's... They have to That's give him something it. if they want him to they, stay because everybody right. else, well, everybody wants him. They have to give him something. Everyone wants him either for a DC job or a head coaching job. So the only way you're keeping him is at a DC job because he could interview for a head coaching job, but that doesn't mean he's going to get it. He's already interviewed for head coaching jobs last year and didn't get any. Um, what Steve Belichick does after that, that's a great question. I don't know what he's going to do. He may go and take another job somewhere else. Yeah. If I were him, I might think about that because I want to build something on my own. Mm -hmm. I got the name, but let me go somewhere else and show that it's not just Bill Belichick directing the defense, doing the play. Because apparently there's also rumors that Bill was actually calling the plays, which if you look at it, I might believe that. I could see that. Because the only person I can think of, there, there's two people I can think of that call plays on defense that never had the title. Patricia in like his first season or two, and then Brian Flores. And unfortunately, Brian Flores, for us at least, he got a job real quick before he was even defense coordinator. Yep. So um, I think Steve should just go somewhere else. And then OC, I would go with Kingsbury, to be honest. I would too. If he wants the job, I don't know if he wants the job. I don't know if he's going to go back to college or he wants to bring in his own offense. And that might kind of fly in the face of bill, which has been the problem for the entire time in new England is this is bill's offense that he's built with Charlie Weiss. This is kind of what you're going to build on. So that's why it was how many offensive coordinators have had the Patriots have Chris. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah, I mean that's was, it. Three there was Weiss. Yep, and then there was McDaniel and O'Brien, right? That's it. Yeah, uh, McDaniel twice. Yeah, well, yeah, and Billy. Billy was there um, somewhere in there. I think it was after. Uh, it was between McDaniel's two stints, um, but and, and I think that's the problem is that Bill wants to build from them, which is not a problem. Yeah, no, until until Josh McDaniels basically it takes a lot of the coaches in the offense with him to Vegas. And now you don't have anything. Funny enough, neither does Vegas. <laughs> so it paid so, out for everyone involved, right? Yeah. I, I think they should, this is what I think they should do. Open up the offensive coordinator uh, opportunity to anyone who wants to apply. Chris, if it's 30 people, interview 30 people. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Go to the college game, go to the pro game, get 30 people in, get 40 people in, and you have them present you with a case of this is what your offense should be. 
I would take serious looks at anyone who's connected to Alabama when Mac Jones was there. And then anyone who is in the game right now in the NFL game and who really wants to open it up a little bit and looks at what the Patriots have on offense and just go take a step, take that step, Bill, because you have, he is, I think he probably needs one really good season or two okay seasons to pass Shula because he's really close. Oh, yeah. I I I I think they get Kingsbury personally because I know the offense hasn't the team hasn't performed necessarily super high the last couple of years. They've been good at times and then they've been just just a dead fish at times. Yep. So he knows he can come in and improve. Uh, they know to get somebody of his caliber, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to give him the reins of the offense, mm-hmm. which they may as well because it wasn't any better under 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 Patricia and look, you either, you either dislike the Patriots completely and you don't want anything to do with them, or they're one of the teams you consider as a premier job. Like the Patriots put themselves in the all time, great franchise category in the NFL. Uh, and that goes along with teams like the Niners and the Steelers and, and other historic franchises with the run they had with Brady and Belichick. They're in that conversation. And some people, want that ego stroke to come in and say, yeah, this team needed help on offense. And I came in and I turned it around. Right. Obviously you're not going to say it like that. You're going to, you know, spit the company line, but in your head, you're going to go. Right. And what you provide for visual evidence. Right. I mean, you, one could say Brian Dayball got the New York job with a heavy hand from Bill Belichick. I'm sure McDermott had a little, little, little bit to say in that. But Bill has a lot of sway uh, with the Giants, so he can he can really if you, if if he really wanted to, he could tell the team, "Hey, this guy, he'll be good for the job." And look what the Gi- look at the Giants My, oh, in the playoffs. Yeah, no, dude, Dable's been phenomenal. The team completely turned around under him. That was a fantastic hire by them after kind of floundering for several years. Uh, my only, my thing with Kingsbury is where where could he go and have enough talent in place to make essentially an immediate impact? Uh, you might take a head coaching job somewhere else. I mean, if 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 the Carolina Panthers call Cliff Kingsbury and say, "Do you want to be our next head coach?" He's just going to be fired in two years because that team is not built to win. That team has some talented players, but they have zero structure. They don't know who their quarterback of the future is. They they they, they trade away good defensive players. Like that team's a mess, uh, and, and they're rebuilding. That's why they traded McCaffrey this year. The team knows they're in the rebuild. If you're Kingsbury, first, do you what? And, and their first round pick, where is it? Uh, it's, it's below ten. Oh, the Panthers? Yeah, forget it. Yeah, they're, they're below ten, so you're not getting a quarterback. You don't, you don't, without trading one of your dominant players, and you don't have many anyways. Yeah, uh, you don't have any capital to package with the pick to move up to get another quarterback. You're probably going to mismanage and not develop properly, and then trade mm-hmm. in two years. Uh, and I mean, if I'm Kingsbury, I want to go someplace where I can just pad my resume a little bit for a few years. You could come to New England with a good right. young quarterback who needs some who needs to have the reins taken off. You need to give this guy consistency. Mm-hmm. You have 
good receivers. Who knows if Myers comes back? I personally hope he does. I really like Jacoby Myers. Aguilar is going to be gone. You can let him go. Tyquan Thornton showed some good things this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson is, dude, that guy, who knows how good he can be, but he was great this year. Damian Harris, when he can stay healthy, great one-two punch at running back. Good If they, re- if they resign him, yeah. Oh, is Harris a free agent? Harris is a free agent. Oh, is he? I didn't know that. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, Damian um, Harris is a free agent. I mean, he's not going to be overly expensive. They want to bring him back and keep that one-two punch they could. Like I said before, though, it, it depends on what Bill Bill's going to determine his dollar figure, and if Damian wants anything higher, he'll be the same boat as Shane Vereen and um, what's the speedy guy that went to Tennessee? That oh, uh, Deion Jones. Yeah, Deion, no, not Deion Jones. Damian uh, Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis. Yeah, talked a lot of shit when he left. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. I, 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 I just think you know if you have pieces in place, and yeah, I mean. <laughs> The only thing, I don't know Kingsbury's relationship with DeAndre Hopkins. I think it's fine. But if they if the Patriots are serious about pursuing Hopkins and there's a negative relationship there, that then they're gonna it. look they're gonna look somewhere else besides Kingsbury. But if it's fine, that could also be a plus. Maybe if Hopkins likes Kingsbury, he says, Oh, well, I want to win. Him and Belichick are always Belichick looks at like uh guys like uh, Hopkins as he does as like an offensive Ed Reed. Like, cause he yes. would always walk up to Ed Reed and compliment him. And you see, you always saw Belichick and Hopkins, whenever they played, whenever they, they played, not play each other. You know what I mean? The teams play each yeah. other. Walking up and talking, have a nice cordial conversation. Oh, you're the best. You're the greatest. You're this, you're that, all that stuff. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins ain't afraid of hard work. He's not Pat Fryermuth. Uh, he's not going to complain about coming in and have to play the Patriots way. Hopkins will come in and do what it takes to win. And the only time Hopkins gets unhappy is when, teams trade him for BS reasons like the Texans did. <laughs> and I don't blame him for that. Uh, so Kingsbury would be a great fit, and it'd be good for him. He comes into a place where he has a chance to win. This team, with a few changes, is a playoff team next season. Mm-hmm. And he can come in and say, look, I can't, uh, you know, on his resume, it'll look like I came in. I, I, I did my job in the Patriot way. I did what I had to do. This offense was better. Mac Jones developed more. The running back developed more. The receivers looked better, uh, and and we made the playoffs. And who knows how far they went? Go. Who knows what even happens? It's all in the future. It's hypothetical, but that's way better than taking a Panthers job or another open job and then being fired in two years because the team's a mess, anyways. Like that Denver situation isn't turning around next year. No, it's not. Russell Wilson looked washed. He looked terrible, and it's a shame because. They have some decent running backs. I know Williams got hurt this year and missed most of the season, but he looks like he could be a really good player going forward. They have receiving talent. The offensive line isn't terrible. The defense is very, very good. And uh, if not great. And they have this $235 million albatross weighing down the quarterback position, uh, which is their own fault. Right. Uh, But. That's not going to change. Russell Wilson's there to stay for at least the next couple of years. So unless he finds whatever whatever talent he left in uh, baggage check in Seattle when he left, <laughs> uh, that team ain't turning around. And, he, and he, it ain't getting past five, six wins. There's nowhere he could go. The only thing they could have done is maybe if, if McVay left L.A. and they wanted to bring him into L.A., but I doubt that. I think, they, I think teams, you know, Sean Payton seems to be the pretty girl at the dance right now, not Cliff Kingsbury. So if teams don't get Peyton, they're kind of like, well, we'll just kind of take a chance on somebody who isn't a big name yet and then kind of wait and see what happens. 
Uh, so I think New England might honestly be Kingsbury's best bet to still look good, to win, to not get fired for lack of performance in two years or one year, the way things are going with teams, uh, and build his legacy a little bit. And then in a couple of years, he can move on. And, uh, right. you know, who knows what happens when Bill does decide to leave. He's not going to coach forever. I wish he could, but he's not. And um, who knows? But there's not a whole lot of great spots for somebody. You know, he's a young guy still. He doesn't want to go out there and flop again because then that's just another black mark on his resume. And, and how many coaches who have a short stint and not a lot of success immediately get a head coaching job after that? It's not like not that. Many. That not is many. very few. And even if they did, it's a short stint after that, like even shorter. So his rope, so he kind of needs to build that rope where someone's going to say, okay, we want you to be a head coach. You've established, even if you don't win a Super Bowl in New England, if he comes to New England, if you establish that your offense is top five, top 10 in the league consistently over a period of time, and you get praise from Belichick as the offense turned around when he got here. Yep. That would would really convince the team, hey, this is our offense. This is what we got going on. If we bring in Kingsbury, we know what happened out in the desert. Part of that was Kyler Murray's inability to stay healthy because, honestly, he he's he's the straw that, you know, that stirs the drink and – if he's not on the field, it's not it's not productive. And I think that could help him. I think Kingsbury is going to go back to college, personally. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of te- there's still plenty of teams that need a head coach. Um, he may take a year off because the recruiting cycle for this season ends in about a month. So the talent is already kind of been recruited and signed their commits some have signed early so they're already established with their teams so i would think he might take a year off and then you know fall early winter you're gonna see a team that a a high profile team let their coach go power five team and then he's gonna step in and be take the reins so that he can get that new recruiting class, so that he can bring in his own talent, his own game plan. But honestly, Chris, you didn't have success at Texas Tech. You didn't have great success at uh, Arizona. His only true success was being an offensive coordinator. So, yeah. If I were him, I would stay in the game, in the, the pro game, and go be an OC. Doesn't have to be New England. No. But I would go no. somewhere where. I can stand out because the head coach is a more defensive-minded head coach, or it's a coach that just kind of oversees the program but will let me do what I need to do. That's where I would go. Don't go to Minnesota where Kevin O'Connell's calling the game. Don't go to ben- the Cincinnati Bengals because he's calling the games. Don't don't go to the 49ers with Shanahan because you know who's running that show. Like You're right. He needs to stand out. He needs to Without saying it, he needs to stand out. and He needs to stand out without being in a position to shoulder all the blame. That's right. And who shoulders more blame in New England than Bill Belichick? 
oh God, the guy wins. He's still shoulders blame. It's amazing. Right. So that's what I think. I think, I think New England's a great landing spot for him. And I think Billy O'Brien would be a good choice. Um, sure. Yeah. His contract's up at Alabama. There's a lot of rumors about him taking a head coaching job in the pros and in college in an OC, uh, OC position in the program. So you kind of need to snatch him up quick. Oh, I thought of someone you asked before who's, who's, how many people come in to the NFL from college, perform poorly, get fired quickly, and get another job right away? The only one I could think of is Chip Kelly. Played for came up from college, played for uh, coached the Eagles poorly yep. for a few years, got fired, I think, midseason. It was almost immediately hired by the 49ers. You're right. That's the only one I can think of. But how did that go? Oh, well, terribly. I'm, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it went well. I'm just saying the only one I can think of who had that situation. So, and it's odd it was him because he was a schmuck in Philly. So And now he's in um, – where is he? Where is Chip? He, he's doing good now. I don't remember where he's at, though. He's not in Oregon. Uh, I can't think of where he's at, and it'll come to me later in the day, but he's actually having success back in the uh, college game. Well, he- and, that's what, and that's what Kingsbury should look at. He should look at, okay, do I want that path? Because I know where that path's going to lead me back to. And and then the scary part is Chip Kelly actually had success in Oregon. He had that, that team rolling. Right. Cliff never had that. It, I'm sorry. He never right. had that. And that's that's what I was going to say as to like an argument why he should stay in the NFL. Uh, it, it, it is this isn't look for all you can say about him. Urban Myers had great success. How much of that's on, in, in college? How much of that's honest? Probably not much of it, but it is what it is. Right. Uh, you know, you say Kingsbury didn't have that. He nope. still got an offensive coordinator job in the NFL, performed well, got the head coaching job, looked to all the world like he might be the next Sean McVay. That's what everybody was saying for a while when they drafted Kyler and the team played way better and looked better, and then they just never developed past that level and had consistency. So he really quickly went from being the future to kind of washed up in two years in that in, in Arizona, not in general. So if you – the, the risk is, for me, it's way riskier for him to go back to college because if he mm-hmm. takes a job at a program and they don't perform well and he has the same kind of success he had before, people are going to say, didn't cut it in the NFL, didn't cut it in college, didn't cut it when he went back to college. This guy's a coordinator for life. It's not yep. going to matter. He's never going to get a head coaching job again. Uh, and if he goes to any team as a coordinator – and that team even performs well, they give it two or three years. He'll be back in consideration for a head coaching job somewhere. Happened to McDaniel. McDaniel was miserable in, in Denver. He was awful. Yeah, they made the playoffs the first year because they had a stellar elite-level defense. And somehow, I don't know, a Tebow, some kind of black magic, ended up you know making enough plays to help him win. Right. But that's really it. Then he was awful. Then he came back to New England. And mm-hmm. then he went to... A, a, a Raiders team that looked to all the world like they were going to compete with the Chiefs for the division, and the Raiders were absolutely miserable. Uh, the highlight of their season was probably when they beat the Patriots in that in that wild last play. Um, I don't know, man. If I were him, I'd stay in the NFL and, like I said, look for a chance to make an impact without having to shoulder the blame if the team fumbles. And, uh, but that's that's just my opinion. We'll, we'll I, see I agree what he does. It. I agree with it, Chris, because you need to be a recruiter in the college game, whether you're a head coach or 
you need to have a staff of people around you. Mm-hmm. That's why Saban wasn't successful in the in the pro game and went back to college. And you haven't heard a, a, a thing about Nick Saban going back to the pros. Why? <laughs> He's a recruiter. There's rumors about Kirby Smart. You know, congratulations by the way, Georgia, for killing the TCU Horn Frogs, killing sixty-five to seven in that the was, national championship. That was a walkthrough. But the rumors about Kirby Smart, the head coach of of the Georgia Bulldogs, going to the pros is laughable, in my opinion, because he's a recruiter. He's a guy that can get the team going. He's a motivator. That doesn't play well in in the pros. Now, now the uh, the NIL money is changing the game a little bit, but still, the college game is the college game, and you need to be a certain kind of, you need to have a, 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 a or around you to be able to be a successful college coach. Urban Meyer has it, as painful as that is to say. Harbaugh has it. Saban. Les Miles had it. Chip Kelly has it. Like I, I can go a lot of names. Lincoln Riley out in USC. Deion Sanders out in Colorado, who is making waves again. I mean, you gotta be you gotta be a game changer in the seat when you're sitting in a the family room of a kid's house. And if you don't have that, you're not successful. I'm sorry. And I think. Cliff should just he's X's and O's. Maybe he can build a great offense, but that's what he should be, and that's what he should do in the pros. Because the college game ain't for him, and I don't know. I don't know if he could be a head coach anymore. Honestly, that just that 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 just turned that, that turned quickly on him in Arizona. And, and let's not let's not let, let let us not forget that while these college players aren't necessarily paid anymore although they are allowed to do like endorsements and stuff like that now thankfully i think that's mm-hmm. we've talked about that before yeah uh guys like nick saban didn't pan out for him in the nfl come back have insane success in alabama and make you know roughly a 10 million dollar a year base salary with massive incentives which guys like saban often hit at least a few of those yeah so um <laughs> unless it's ego that makes you want to go back and try something you failed at Nick Saban can probably take the remainder of his coaching days making 10, 10 to $15 million a year in Alabama, plus whatever else endorsement deals he has, probably a yeah. lot in the area, and comfortably live, have enough money to live 10 lifetimes, be praised and worshipped by essentially the state of Alabama and all Crimson Tide fans. Why the hell would you want to come back to the NFL? And it, it, it goes somewhere. Yeah, you make big money for one year, and then you get, you know, you get fired because you didn't win a Super Bowl. And uh, and then you're back not coaching in Alabama. Then you're somewhere else, which you're going to get paid good money for it, too. But some guy just needs to <clears throat> rest on your laurels. It's fine. Yes. Just just be happy with your legacy. Keep winning. Keep doing well. Don't screw it up for yourselves. That's all I'm saying. Just just look at what Bill's done in New England. By the way, Chris, they're great friends. Shockingly, him and Nick Saban. Oh, yeah. Um, he's done everything in New England. And yet, there's still people that will just, when he's done, they'll just, oh, yeah, he was a great coach. And then just move on. Yeah. Where Tuscaloosa, Nick Saban walks, and the ground in front of him will be painted in gold. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's yeah. what he's thought of in, in, in Alabama. So yeah. 
if you're you know, Kirby Smart, he's two the two time national championship now, two years in a row. Looks like he might go for a third. Like that, things like that don't come around very often. So no. you have to really, really think about it if you want to move on. What you're leaving behind because they're going to hire somebody else. And 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 if I'm Cliff Kingsbury, I just I look at an OC job and I, I try to build my name up that way. Wherever it may be, I think New England will be a great landing spot. Young quarterback that needs a little bit of help. And he he ain't gonna look at Clint Kingsbury and be like, Oh, well, we need to we're gonna we're gonna grow together. No, no, no. Cliff's gonna come in. This is the game plan. Yeah, this, this is what we're doing. We're gonna Mac, run I'm down. Yep. Mac, I got you. I know what I'm doing. We're gonna run this offense the way it should be. And two games into it, Mac's gonna see the light. He's in a seat, but wow. yeah, when they put up 35 points week one and Mac has, you know, 250 yards and two touchdowns and everything looks smooth, he's going to go, oh, yeah, okay. And then, and then Bailey Zappi is going to be an afterthought. Yeah. So that's where we're at, Chris. Where the offense is, the offseason is going to take us for New England. We'll have to see. I, all I'm going to say. As a, I know, I know you're you you weren't you weren't born in New England, but I know you've been you've been a diehard Patriots fan ever since you moved here. Yep. Uh, many many years, even be, way before Tom Brady took over. Uh, I I could I would just say this to my fellow Patriots fans. Um, let's stop being one of the most toxic fan bases in all of sports. Look, we had a fantastic run. We had an all time great quarterback, an all time great coach, potentially. Uh, people are going to argue whatever. I personally think they're both the best ever at their position. People are going to argue. People are going to make excuses. People are going to say, oh, deflate gate. No, 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 no. Yeah, okay, whatever, because your team is always on the up and up. Um, but this team had an unprecedented, especially in this era of salary cap, unprecedented success for an unprecedented amount of time. And we were very lucky and we were very fortunate. Guys, the fact of the matter is that run is over. Mm-hmm. It's over. It's done. Let it go. Delete her number. Block her on Facebook. Don't keep calling her. She's not your girl anymore. Lady Luck is down there in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. She's, you know, moonlighting with Josh Allen. She's not in New England anymore. And not suggesting those guys aren't good. It's just a phrase. Like, obviously, they're talented. Um, Let's be happy. The fact that we had that run and then we had a rebuild without really having a rebuild. I mean, yeah, we had a losing record this year, but this team was still competitive in a lot of games they didn't play well in, and there was a lot of turmoil from day one. Everybody was saying the receivers were bad. Mac wasn't the guy. We wanted Zappi in instead. This wasn't good. That wasn't good. Everybody had to find a reason to pick it apart. I'm going to find a reason to be positive going forward. This team has talent. This team has a uh, 13th, 14th overall pick, so we have somebody else we can build on there. If Bill takes somebody, he'll probably take an offensive lineman or trade it away six times, but you never know. Uh, there are – we do need help in the receiver department. We do have to pick up somebody who can be a number one. We do have to have that, but there are nice auxiliary uh, – um, ancillary pieces there. I'm high on Tyquan Thornton. Uh, I, I think – I want to bring back Jacoby Myers. I really, really like Kendrick Bourne. I hope he's back. Um, probably – I know John Smith's under contract. We can probably find a way to get rid of him and keep Hunter Henry. Um, get some offensive line help. This is a good team. Yeah. This is a good team that needs some direction. And Robert Kraft knows that. And while Bill Belichick is the greatest coach ever, he is kind of stuck in his ways. And I think it took Kraft to give him a little nudge and say, okay, look, 
It's still your show, but we got to do better. We have to have assigned roles. We have to know who's going to, who's the Yellow's offense coordinator, who's the defensive coordinator. We can't have this makeshift stuff anymore. We're, this is a historic franchise. This is a destination for some people and, you know, repellent for others. That's fine. Uh, you, this is somewhere where we have to be competitive and we have to win. If we don't have a good season because stars get injured, that happens. We can't have bad losses week after week because of discipline issues. We can't have bad losses week after week because of game plan issues. If another team comes out there and plays their ass off and beats them straight up, that's fine. This team shot themselves in the foot so many times this year. Why? Because there wasn't one guy leading the department. Yep. If you work in a if you dude, where you work, you've had this problem before too. Well, you got three different people who are leading the department, and all three want to be the 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 the, 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 the chief. And they're all telling you three different things, and then you get frustrated, understandably so. I've had the same thing where I used to work because you have two people who are in the same same position of power telling you two different things because they're trying to argue with each other or prove that they're better than the other one. It doesn't work. You need you need a person structure. You have to have that, especially if you're a young team. Well, some of these guys were there when Brady was there, and they're feeling the pressure because now they're not as good as they were when he was there. Yeah. They need the structure. They need to move forward, and they cannot move forward to the next phase of what this franchise needs to be by rehashing what was there in the glory days of Brady. Patricia can stay on the coaching staff if he wants to, Absolutely. but he's got to take a lesser role. He's a good coach. He just isn't good as an offensive coordinator. Find something that fits it. Fits him. Belichick's good at that. Go back to basics. Go back to what you know. That's what you got to do, and we're going to be a competitive team next year. And, and, and I like what I heard previously. Um, I don't remember where I heard it. I heard it, I think, many different places. The, the Patriots were always known for doing the little things to win a game, and that those little things that your opponent would screw up would help the Patriots win a game. Like they're just, they're going to take out the best weapon. They're going to be, they're going to play clean football and, and you're going to make the mistakes and the Patriots are going to pounce on it. And they did some of that this year when teams made mistakes. The problem is, is that they were so inept on offense that it carried over into some aspects of the other phases of the game. And they were unable to clean up majority of the problems with special teams if it wasn't the offense. Yep. And they just couldn't they couldn't clean up the little things because they were just so focused on the big issue. Yep. The offensive structure. And it couldn't it couldn't get resolved. And that's kind of what we have with Josh. It's kind of what we have with Bill O'Brien for a little bit. That's what we have with Charlie Weiss. It was just you knew the offense. You knew what mm-hmm. you were going to get. Sure, pieces were going to change out. But generally, I understand with Tom. Tom cleans up a lot. He absolutely did. Sure. So could Mac be that guy where he, okay, we're going to have some deficiencies here and there, but Mac will be able to clean it up. I don't know. The, the jury's still out on that. But 
you know, running into the kicker multiple times this year by multiple players, uh, punt screw-ups, kick return screw-ups. We've had multiple punt return and kick returns this year. Yep. It's, which is almost unheard of. Oh, yeah. For this special team. Defense played pretty solid, but most of the time, the reason why they were put in a poor position, it goes back to the other two phases. Three and out, three and out, three and out. Right. And then and then the punter situation where, you know, uh, Ryan Bailey goes out. Now, not only is your punting affected, but Bailey is also the kickoff specialist. So now you're kickoffs. So either Nick Folk is kicking off, which he can't, or Pilardi's kicking off, which he can't. And then Pilardi can barely punt, so that's a problem. Yeah. So does it suck that he he got injured? Yes. And was there rumors that he was healthy enough to play in the last game of the season? Yeah. I don't know if it's true or not, but there may be a new punter in New England next year. That's all I'm going to say. There could be a new kicker. There could be a lot of changes on the special team, uh, but this is this this has been the problem the past few years is that you see what Tom can clean up, and if he's not there, he's not going to be able to clean up. There's right. little issues where, oh yeah, we had that screw up on special teams, or yeah, we gave up that big play on defense, but Tom's going to come back. He's going to drive us down. He's going to put us back in front, and we're going to the wheels are going to keep turning. You don't have that, but you can't have that if your offensive coordinator who you didn't give the title to and your quarterback's coach, which isn't a quarterback's coach and your coordinator's on a coordinator. It's like they can't build a structure of an offense to keep the offense on the field long enough to rest that defense so that you're not focusing meeting, meeting times and, and an offensive play time to and practice time to get the basics down of what your offense is because i still don't know what their offense is we're we're finished the season i don't know what the patriots offense is for the second year in a row you don't know what like everything regressed from last year everything kendrick Bourne regressed the tight ends regressed uh the the one thing that didn't regress was remindry students yeah, that guy was, oh yeah, yeah. And that's where the, the, the offseason's going to have to begin. That's where the offseason begins. It's like, okay, we build from there. Mac Jones, Ramondre Stevenson. Okay, let's build from there. And But you can't do that until you resolve who the coordinator is, what the offense oh. is going to be. And Bring back Devontae Parker. I don't know if he's under contract now, but bring him back if you can. Yeah. He, think, when he played, he was great. Devontae and... Uh, uh, Kendrick are both under contract. Whether Good. they'll be back, Good. I don't know. Yeah, I, ho- but I hope they are. so. I hope so. Uh, uh, Dude, give me, give me, give me, Bourne, Parker, and, and Hopkins as a one with Under Henry at tight end, and, and a consistent, solid game plan yeah. where Mac Jones knows what he's doing from week to week. I like my chances. Right. I, I agree. I agree. But we'll have to. Got to see where it goes. Got to see yeah. where it goes because you know. I think they. I think. I think though, as, as in previous years, that they know they have to do something. Yes. Whereas past seasons, it's been, oh, we're going to do the best we can. You know, just, just, you know, do your job, Patriot way, this and that. And I'm all for all those things. I'm not trying to mock it, but it, it doesn't. It, like you said, it doesn't work without the structure. Right. You got to do the structure first, and then, then you can instill what it's supposed to be. 
Like, let's make Foxborough. Let's make Foxborough a place you're worried about going into and playing again. Not, right. not a place where you know the team's going to screw up and it's going to be an embarrassment. And, and and the fans deserve better. The Kraft family deserves better. Belichick's legacy deserves better. And, and yeah, the, the history of that team deserves better. The so. Bills are in the playoffs, Chris. Dolphins are in the playoffs. The the shining light is that Dolphins are questionable going in the future. The Jets are still a question. And if and this, this can go for any team, but Josh Allen injury away from the Bills being absolutely zero. So dude, I they I just have a feeling tomorrow they're gonna be up by like thirty points in the fourth quarter and Josh Allen's still gonna be out there. That's that's a problem. That is the they they just they have no like I said. That, that that Bill Burr lookalike that the Bill, Bills call the head coach seems to <laughs> think he's smarter than he is because he has supreme talent around him. Okay. And he's got to sit his players down and go, hey, we need you. If, if Allen or Diggs, and I know Gabe Davis has come through and had some nice games this year, if Allen or Diggs go down, that offense is not the same. Mm-hmm. And they're consistently out there late with big leads. I get you want to play. I understand. Your team's up by three scores with six minutes left. You got it. You're fine. If by some chance they give them three touchdowns in six minutes, you can go back out there and score another one. Right. Like, be smart. That's my biggest problem with this team is they just do not have any common freaking sense and, and on the field. Why Why I bring up the injury potential is because, yes, that can happen to anybody, but much like Lamar, he puts himself in positions to get injured. Right. So – that's the only reason why I'd bring that up to anybody in the conversation about the Bills dominating this this division is just, they're literally one hit away. And it could be Josh Allen trying to be the tough guy and lay the wood on somebody, and then his shoulder gets screwed up. Uh-huh. Or he takes an ankle, in, ankle injury. It's like, it's possible. It is possible. And then that's, that's why Bill – and the front office need to go in the offseason and understand that they need to build a better offense. They need to have structure on special teams because they are losing some players to retirement. I think uh, I think it's going to – I don't know if it's still rumor or it's been announced, but Slater's going to be retiring and uh, McCourty's going to be retiring. Yep. Um, and then when you look at that and you're like, okay – can we go above 500? Yes. All right. What games can we win that we can be sound and that team is not sound? We can win a few extra games. And now you're in the hunt. And you're one one screw up by uh, Josh Allen away from even in late in the season from being a contender. Because the Dolphins are in the position to be in the playoffs. But that Dolphins team is not the same team when they were peaking this year. Not, they're not the same the, team that beat the Bills week three. Right. Just because of the fact that Tua is now in concussion protocol for the second time this year. That we know of. So, there is promise for the future, Chris. It's just a matter of which direction Bill, the front office, and the Crafts take the team. And this offseason could be pivotal. I, I don't think you see a rash of big free agent signings because the Patriots have some decent cap room this offseason. Mm-hmm. I don't think you see a rash of offseason of um 
free agent hirings day one like you did last time for this team. I think they kind of see where some things fall. And I think the biggest impacts that, that are made on this team will be through through trade. I think they're going to trade for a, a a top receiver um, or at least somebody to come in with some more consistency. Look, even if they come back with a receiving core similar to what they had last year, if they have some structure on offense with a coordinator, they're going to be better off. It'd be way better to have a primary target for Mac, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, I think you're either going to see – I remember the year they won the Super Bowl against Seattle, Super Bowl 49. They did mm-hmm. nothing all offseason, and that's the year before they had lost uh, – I think it was Denver. They got beat in the AFC Championship game, the game where Denver had that dirty hit on Wilker and knocked him out. Right. Um, and uh, then they come back and they do pretty much nothing all offseason, and then – I pro of nothing all of a sudden randomly, like almost at the last minute. Oh, it's on Darrell Revis, and then we want to win the Super Bowl. Right. And it's like, you know, I think it's going to be something like that. Either you're going to see the moves hot and heavy and early, or it's going to mm-hmm. be a weird, obscure trade nobody saw coming or signing, and it's going to make a huge impact. I, I just, I have the feeling it feels like one of those things to me. Like they know they have to do things, but they're going to do the moves that they want to make. And, and I'll leave off with this, Chris, because I heard this a few days ago. Um, trade a second round or a third round pick to Houston because Brandon Cooks doesn't want to be part of a rebuilding. Uh-huh. If you can't get D-Hop, he's a nice another piece. It's not a number one, but look at his track record. He's a consistent performer. He wants to win. He's got like two years left. I think the money's not bad. It'd be another nice piece to the offense. Yep. Second round, maybe a third round. I think you could probably just get him for a third round. But even if it's a second round, so that way Houston can jump up and convince Chicago to give him the first overall pick. Not a bad move. Not a bad move. Not at all. Not at all. All right, that is going to do it for episode 194. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions on this episode, past episodes, or anything sports tuned at all, we'd love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTSPod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. The website, BCTSPod.com. And Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. If you haven't done so yet and you feel so kind, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating, review, subscribe, and ask a friend to do the same. We greatly appreciate the support. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy. We will see you right back here next week. Thank you.